Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast, brought to you by paintballaccess.com. I'm Matty Marshall, and man, I'm really excited with the two guys that we have here in the studio with us today. Uh, also, don't forget to go to PSPEvents.com to sign up for the West Coast Open. It's probably going to sell out all the PSP events have sold out this year. And uh, it is going to be in Riverside. It's the PSP's return to the West Coast. I've been there in a couple years, so should have a pretty big turnout. There's over 200 teams in Chicago, and this one's probably going to be around the same. Uh, and it's going to be August 16th through the 18th. And as always, we're going to have the live webcast brought to you by paintballaccess.com. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter for all the goings on behind the scenes. And speaking of going on behind the scenes... Uh, we've got two of the best coaches in the business here and legendary players in Rusty Glaze from San Diego Dynasty. Rusty, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. Just excited about this conversation. Yeah. And uh, also Kevin Brethauer, a.k.a. Skinny Kevin, the former coach of Dynasty, former coach of LA Ironman, and currently the coach of one of the best teams in the game, Tampa Bay Damage. Kevin, how you doing, bud? Good. So we're three events in, and it's been a pretty interesting year so far. Uh, Dynasty's you know, Rusty, your team definitely going to want to talk about this at length um, having a phenomenal year two first place and a second just before we start really getting into it how are you, where, where are you at in your head right now are you kind of patting yourself on the shoulder right now kind of doubling down on your efforts I mean, how, do you, how are you feeling right now um, a little disappointed with the last you know we didn't, we didn't win the last one and I thought, I thought we played good all the way up until the point of the last final game where we just had so many mental errors. So, you know, you're only as good as your last tournament. Very so true. right now we're looking at the fact that we could have, you know, won another tournament and we, we weren't able to. So I guess that's where I'm at right now is we got to get back to the grinding stone and, and work hard again. Take us take us back to that final game when you guys played Heat. What, what was your strategy going into that match? Well, we knew they had a really limited depth. And, you know, we thought we could play some our, – our strategy was really to play some strong points, you know, live past, you know, a pot or two loading and, and be longer in the games. And Which we, wasn't really easy on that field necessarily. Right. But we were able to do it, like, during the tournament. We had a pretty good success of being alive and, and having the higher bodies. Mm-hmm. We just – we had just mental errors right off the bat. We almost had to use a timeout at the start of the, you know – Tyler's gun was not chronoed right or something. Didn't notice till 30 seconds, so I'm running back. And just a lot of little things started happening. You know, people went out and made mistakes, made moves too fast. When we said hold back and wait, people people didn't. And you guys went down some points early and then finally started to mount a comeback. It actually looked like it was never re- – I mean, you guys never really truly threatened, but you threatened enough for to make it slightly interesting there towards the end. What were you saying to the guys when it was starting to go bad in the beginning? Um, it was really in the first 10 seconds of each point is where we really kind of tossed those points away. Yeah. And then, you know, it was hard because you want to hang on to certain points where, like, it's even bodies, but they're not doing much. So it's like, do you blow it, not blow it? And your guys don't finish that point, and it's a long point. Mm-hmm. I know we had a long point in there that kind of killed our time, where it was like even bodies. But if you're already down points, it's hard to say on an even body point to just throw that one away. Yeah. Because you're hoping the guys can muster the win and, and bring the points back together. Yeah, that's always a tough call when you're in that situation as the coach, you know? You're like, uh. And I mean, I usually discuss it with the guys. It's like, should we toss this one and try again? Or, you know, we kind of. 
then I'll just run to the buzzer and toss it. But we kind of talk it over and as it's developing, trying to look and get a read on the players to see what they're going to do within the time. Mm-hmm. Read the body language. And, and, I, and I think even in when we were trying to must like make that comeback, I think guys could have pushed a little more than they did. I think we still like wore the clock down on ourselves, where we could have pushed in on those points. Do you think that's maybe because you guys had? I mean, because you guys had some really good games leading up to that game. Was it maybe because it's like that fighter that starts getting punched in the face? It's like, well, wait a second. I'm the one supposed to be punching people in the face. Now I'm getting punched in the face. Well, let me kind of collect myself here for a second. I, I think maybe, you know, we beat Impact and we thought, you know, hey, that's a good achievement. And now we're back in the finals. And maybe guys just didn't really look at heat like it was going to, you know, that was going to be that much of a problem. Were you active? Based on how they played all year, maybe guys kind of thought, you know, they're they're lucky to be here. But I mean, Fedorov was having a monster tournament. I was going to say, I mean, the damage game against you guys, he had 17 kills. Um, He's would, done that against us in Texas. Was he shot it, 17 guys. Were you – is that one of those situations where you're like, look, we got to contain him over here. Fight fire with fire, go at him, or start putting more guns on that side. I mean, how did you kind of – deal with that he was running and diving into a spot so there wasn't really like a hey we can shoot him on the break or he's doing this so we can kill him he was kind of just running and diving in a spot and then playing safe making smart decisions after that so yep. that's hard to hard to deal with yeah i mean if yeah if a guy's having a tournament man i mean you can only i mean yeah you can put more guns over there you can hope that your guys outplay him on that side hope to god somebody shoots him out of his bunker but if a guy's on fire and a guy like fedorov who and it was interesting too. Did you did you guys kind of know? I mean, Skinny, did you think that because you know they lost Dizon and Chad George off that snake side? Did you think, oh, for sure they'll put Fedorov over there? Or? Yeah, because uh, I mean Fedorov played over there when he played on the All A's, and I mean that was when Jason was the tro- coach anyway. So I assumed that's what they would do. So I mean, I think something that people kind of look past though is if somebody has a a tournament like that it's usually because the guy behind him is playing amazing too and, and sergey was sergey played yeah. uh great so i mean people maybe he didn't his g count wasn't like what it should be but it doesn't matter there's that people forget about that yeah i mean sergey was straight up the lineman for fedorov the running back running through and because sergey and that was not an easy spot to play that back corner bunker i mean we saw a lot of good players go back there and have hit or miss points but sergey was was definitely doing what he needed to do over there to, to support Fedorov. And, you know, Heat was getting good production from guys off the bench. I thought Nick Sloviak had a really good event. I mean, you look at his numbers, it was pretty ridiculous. I mean, his his uh, his G rating, when he was 20 points deep, uh, he had 26 kills. You know, so it's, I mean, he's he's definitely making the most of, because they're, they're actually playing him, I wouldn't say like less and less and less, but he's, Starting to, you know, he just sees limited playing time, but he's making the most of his points when you get out there. And I mean, as a coach, that's really all you can really ask for. Um, I mean, it's like Spick is a good example for you guys. You know, he's hit or miss, but hit most more times than miss. But he's not getting a ton of reps. I mean, you're kind of running. I mean, how you know, talk to me about your choice because Spick is having a good year. We're at a point where we kind of we can run two different lines, and the lines change. They're not always the same from event to event. We kind of figure that out based on the field, but we're at a point where we're kind of running ten guys strong. Mm-hmm. So, which is a rarity these days. But the only times we'll the reps will get messed up based on if we get penalties or not, or if we're in a go play situation. Mm-hmm. That's when the lines change out. So then it's hard to keep track of that. If you get a major, then you go back to lines, and you get a major again. You know, it changes out the lines. 
So a guy could end up with two or three points in a seven, eight point game. It's interesting because out of all the your dynasty is the team that's using their whole full roster the most out of all the teams. We got a, a an article that's going to drop um, this week that's about uh, that's done by a guy named Mike Jeffries, a really really awesome writer. Um, you know, played with the Hurricanes, so he knows paintball real well. Really talented at crafting some words and looking at the game. But he was kind of breaking down how all the different teams are using their lines and who's playing how many points, and you know, dynasty had. You, you guys are utilizing your full roster more than any other team. Is that a conscious decision, or is it because the guys are just stepping up? Or I mean, Yeah, I mean, I, I think for longevity, if you want to have a franchise that, that has success long-term, you have to build those other extra guys. Otherwise, what are you paying for the guy to go to the event for? <laughs> like, you bring him to play him three points, and then at the next event, three points, and on the year he has, like, 10 or 11 points. Mm-hmm. Just, like, let him move on to another team. But yeah. if you can build all those guys, if you have five or six guys playing strong, what if two of those guys aren't playing strong at that event or mm-hmm. the field doesn't play well for them? Then you have these other guys you haven't really, like, given a chance. Yeah. But if you have ten guys, then maybe you'll have seven that are playing super strong. Well, let's talk about a guy. I want to talk about Kyle Spicka because you both have intimate knowledge of Spicka. Uh, you know, Kevin, you coached him last year um, for the past two seasons, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you have him this year. And... I've watched him play every point that he's played, um, and he's and I and I know we all we're all buddies with with Kyle, but it was just kind of really kind. Of, it was cool to see a guy who had struggled mentally, I think, to believe in his own talent, and now, you know, maybe you guys can enlighten me because you've been closer to him on that level in game in situations. I mean, Skinny, I don't know, what do you think? I mean, you started with him, like, for the past two seasons, he had some great games, some great points, and some other times where it just looked tentative and was getting shot out of his spot trying to figure out what he wanted to do next, and then the other, then another game he'd go out and play really well. Um, I think he, uh, I think he plays in a volatile spot, like being, like, a snake guy. Absolutely. So you're always going to be, like, a little up and down no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have one game where you shoot three people, and the next game you get shot off the break, and... Mm-hmm. And and I think I think he's starting to finally learn that that's just a balance that you have to deal with. Like I mean, and I mean that takes some time because like it's frustrating, and he's very emotional and driven, and so he wants to do his best every time, and it's just sometimes that's not possible. Like it happens. Yeah, we sat down with the or I, I did an interview with Danny Park, um, who I think is having a good year for the Ironman. I thought he, I thought he played fantastic in Chicago. Yeah. Like he played really uh, not as much, but in Chicago, like he played really well. I thought. And what's that? This is only his fifth pro tournament ever, and he didn't pick up a gun pretty much between 2009 and 2013 until Marcelo gave him a call and was like, "Hey, we're putting the band back together. You know, all the old school aftermath guys are gonna are you know gonna be playing this year on the Ironman." We got Pitts, we got Mouse, you know, I'm, I'm coming back, like, let's put together, let's make a run at a championship with the homies, and, and Park was like, man, I haven't touched a gun in forever, but I really want to play, because he finally got his, you know, life situated, we graduated school, got a job with his buddy's dad's accounting firm, and they let him have all the time off he wants for paintball, and, uh, and, and he's like, well, maybe I can go get a divisional practice in before I come in and actually like try out, try out. And Marcel's like, no, I just come out. And he actually had a, a good tryout, made the team. But I mean, to me, he's playing like he's been there for a long time. I think that's a pretty cool story, you know. Like, I think he's playing pretty solid for them. But that is it. But when I was talking to him in that interview, 
he was very uh, uh, kind of like zen-like in his approach to what he's got to do out there. You know, he's like, man, when I, you know, I'm like, well, what, what mindset are you bringing to your position? He's like, when I go out there, I anything that's periphery, anything that is not has what, to, that anything that doesn't have to do with what I need to do in that snake, I don't think about that stuff. And I'm really, really focused on what I need to do to achieve my goal and achieve my job. And I think we're seeing that out of him this year. But it, and it, he could be could be one of the really could be an awesome I mean he's already an awesome snake player but this is his fifth pro event and he really hadn't played much paintball for the past five years like that's kind of or past four years it's pretty crazy but with Spica um I don't know I just I think it's a you know he had a really good event the first event um been sharing a lot of time with Alex um but it's just cool to see him finally you know I mean, he's ranked second overall he's having a really good year you guys won two tournaments take second and another one i think it's just a really cool success story yeah realizes what we've worked a lot with well pairing him with alex you know is another snake guy and they can share information i mean alex has a, a just years of being in the snake and he has plenty of that he could share with kyle and he's been sharing all year long but a big thing he's learned is patience and not every field's going to be where you can explode down the field. You know, he's good at that. If there's a field where he can explode down the snake, then that's what he likes to do. But not every field's built like that. Every layout's different. It plays different. And he's had to learn, like, a lot of different, you know, waiting and, and having the right opportunities and taking those instead of, you know, not always having to be flashy and shoot four guys, but, like, wait your, wait your time and some kills will just come to you. Just do the work. Yeah, sometimes you don't have to force trying to get the kill. Sometimes you can just wait in a spot, and then the kill will appear to you. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of learned a lot of that this year. Have you? How are you dealing with him? Well, Kevin, I, how did you deal with him when he was on the team? I think that's a really good point because when I coached him on the Ironman, it was different because we had no other – all of our experienced guys, none of them played in the snake or even near it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that's a really good point. I mean, uh, well, I'm sorry. No, Brandon well, did. Well, Brandon, but, yeah, Brandon. But, sure. uh, but at the time, he was kind of moving to that uh, team he, spot. I actually moved him over to the Dorito side. So I think that's a really good point, that he he has a, at least somebody he can talk to about that will give him valuable information. Like when I was coaching him, I had another guy, like last year I had Toke too, who was brand new, so I mean, he's not gonna teach Kyle anything, like, <laughs> I mean, but, you know, so I think I think that's a good point, like, that uh, he can learn something, or at least learn what not to do, which is actually one of the most important snake things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in practice, Alex is really, he likes to, like, some guys will, like, learn a little something and never connect with their other, like, guy that plays their same spot and say, hey, this is a little trick. Alex gets excited when he finds, like, a little where I can back up on the snake and shoot this guy. So he'll go over and, like, you know, talk to Kyle, and he's excited about, hey, you should try this. This worked out. And well, that's a manifestation that a lot. of his personality because mm -hmm. Alex is like that in real life. If he sees some cool thing of art or a movie or something he read or whatever, he loves, he's so excited to share it with you. Because I think that's just kind of how he looks at things. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons he's always been such a huge asset to Dynasty. One, he's amazing at what he does um, and a presence. But you know, he is that guy that will share the wealth of knowledge. And that's what you need when you're trying to complete your game and you're dealing with a master. You know, and you need you need that extra input, that different way of looking at things. Um, so we're going to get more into Dynasty for sure. But let's talk about damage a little bit. Um what are your thoughts on the year so far? Um, well, the last event was the worst I've seen the team play ever. 
well in a long time mm-hmm. uh, all around like we never even though we won two matches i was like uh we never like we're playing well like we were disconnected and like I, I have no idea. Like, it was just all, all across the board, too. Like, somebody would start playing well, and then they'd get two majors, and then uh, and then uh, a different guy would start playing well, and he would get two majors, and I was just like, I, I, I hadn't hardly any idea who to play. But, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> You guys spent a lot of time in the bounce house. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, one, one example, like, Timmy got a major, oh, I'm sorry, a minor, then went into the bounce house. I left, I guess, two seconds early. I'm not sure. I, I, didn't, I haven't looked at video of it. Left two seconds early, then got a major. And then proceedingly, the next point after that, got a major because he was the first one, uh, another minor, because he w- he left at the two seconds rather than at the two minutes. So, like, <laughs> so we basically got three in the span of about a minute. Is that when you want to just take your clipboard and just punt it over the fence? Yeah, and it, Timmy, Timmy's one of the smartest guys on our team, and he's like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like, so, like, which sucked, because he was playing really well, and then I was like, oh, my God. Like, and, But, like, I mean, you sometimes it doesn't matter how well or experienced you are. Some t- there's some points in games where you're just mentally fatigued and drained, like, and that was it for him. Yeah. So... Uh, you know who I thought had a good event for you guys? Um, and I want your thoughts on this, of course, but I thought Rumsey, Al Yusuf. Rumsey played really well yeah, he did, at man. MAO also. Uh, He's playing good this year. He, it was, what's funny about that is the first few practices he didn't play very well, like in the beginning of the year, and, and I didn't play him very much the first event because of that. And then by the second event, he was playing really well, like in practice as well. Like, and... Uh, He's not your typical snake, little tiny, fast. No, he's I mean jacked. he's fast. But he's fast, like, but he's jacked. He's not a little tiny guy. Like, he's five ten and yoke, dude. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> not the not the guy that went in lineup. You're like, that's the snake player. You know? Yeah, but I think he's just uh, he's like one of those guys that just shoots people out of from where he's at. Like, and it's unusual, and nobody knows who he is. But he's been on damage the whole time. He hasn't gone anywhere. and won't ever go anywhere. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's. It's nice to see, like you know, and I think it was a good point too because like he'd been on damage for a long time in the first practice. Is yeah. By the time the tournament came, I told everybody I play who's best, and he didn't play very much, and uh, I think that was a good precedent for the rest of the team because they're like, oh, he doesn't care who he sits. He doesn't. He just plays whoever's best. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think. Uh, that's interesting, like, I guess. But, I mean... It is interesting. I'm just wondering, you know, because Rumsey has been playing for a long time, and he's absolutely very competent. You know, he's a competent pro paintball player, but he's never been one of those stars on Damage. I mean, Damage has been very successful over the years. He's been a great role player for them, but he's never been that Holiday or that Chad, you know, Chad Boucher. Like, you know, he's never been one of those guys. But I started to see a little, some points that he was playing, and, I, you know, we kept... I, I can't remember exactly what the games were, but... Mary kept kept saying over and over again, man, oh, that was a great point by El Yusuf. Oh, great, Rumsey had a good point. You know, it was like, man, Rumsey's having a tournament, man. Um, the one thing that has happened actually in the last couple of practices is, uh, Rainey flies out early, and Rainey's very technical and like is all about like repetition and like you'll just know like, and he brings Rumsey with him, 
on like the Friday before the practice and does all kinds of weird drills by themselves. And uh, Brian does that a lot too, and so does LP. And uh, so I think it kind of shows, like the guys that put in extra effort, like mm-hmm. it shows, I think. Well, I think that's just a good lesson for anybody. I yeah. mean, if you put the time in, it will show. And that actually, you know, uh, uh, Everett is having, LP is having a, a pretty, the points that he does play, I've seen him, because he was a, he's been on that, he had been on that team for a long time and had kind of left the team for a while, didn't he? No. Really? Uh-uh. Wasn't he like an old school strange guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played he's with a, a couple. Of the, yeah, he was like a docs raider and some strange. Yeah, strange he, he's guy. one of those old school Florida guys that has been around forever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess they've all known him for a long time, but he never really played with them. I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I really don't think he did. Like, I mean, he played with like Brian and Timmy and like, and uh, yeah, those guys. But I don't think he's played with like Jason and Chad and Ramsey and those. Uh, some of the other guys. Where do you know where's he been or what he what is he? Uh, he's to? he's a firefighter just like Brian. Is everyone on the team firefighter? No, just him and Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, he he's been doing that for a while. Uh, so I I think he's settled in kind of like Brian did. Like he just took I think a little longer off. Like, but you know. Well, it's interesting because you got guys like Brandon Mayo and, and uh, Infamous who has gotten some good spins. Danny Park for the Ironman. Everett for you guys. These guys that were really good before took a little bit of time. Brian Smith, you know, Brian Smith's your number one ranked guy. Or I'm sorry, he's your second ranked guy right now after Jason Edwards. Um, and it's just, you know, I mean, do you think that we maybe hit a pause on talking about the teams for a while? I mean, you 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 guys played for over ten years. You know, won tons of tournaments. Did been there, done that. Do you think it kind of ever goes away, or is it all, once you kind of figure out the matrix in your head and how it works that you just kind of need to get your gun skills back a little bit I, and I come think, back out? I, I, I think as long as you didn't get fat and sloppy, you know. No, I think it's it's lesser now than it was. It's like if you if you went from like the woods to airball, and the guns the loaders got a little faster, you'd be like, no, I can't do this. You went from airball to like playing an X ball format where you're running back to back points. You probably be like, I can't do this. Now we've been in this race format for ten years. And it's kind of just evolved in its own way, but it's the same. Now you play less points. You know what I mean? Before, you'd have 15 guys on a team, and you'd run these long halves and play 25 points. Now you're playing a max of 13 points in a match. Rate of fire is lower. Like, it's not like the game, you know, now we're shooting 30 balls a second, and you get out there, and you're like, no way, this is nuts. Yeah. It's kind of the same game for the last five years. Yeah. You know, the the, the chain on the point counts moved a little bit, but... Other than that, yeah, so it's you know, so these guys are coming back, and it's oh, it's kind of the same. Same guns are almost all the same. They all have eyes. They all have loaders that can keep up. The strategy is similar. Equipment's like level, so it's not like you're on a sponsored team that's getting like hammered by this other team because they have the greatest weapons. Well, I think it also might have something to do with the fact that you know, because we we talk about these younger guys that you know, like the Spickas of the world that take some time, or the El Yusufs that take some time to kind of get whatever it is I mean whether it be confidence or uh, situational awareness or whatever this that particular thing that takes them some time to kind of get but then they get that and then now they're playing at that level that mysterious level that is like the top pro guys you know and whatever in within a, the context of a point of a game of a tournament um, but then you get these guys that were great players before that step away for a little bit that come back you know like Brian Smith or, or any of the guys we're talking about and they're still at that level so do you think it's it's kind of one of those things that when you master that mental, because paintball is so mental. I mean, even the 
the worst team in the challengers division technically speaking isn't light years away from the best team in the channel in the champions division i mean what do you guys think about the whole mental versus physical element of the paintball i mean it obviously takes some bit of physical like if i was going to go play again i'd probably have to start running and not be fat <laughs> so i'm not going to say it doesn't Skinny take doesn't any, worry about that no, it's just I'm old not, man yeah, yeah, old, old, i'm not going to say <laughs> zero like we're not going to go out there and just roster right now i mean if we wanted to we could probably train and, and mentally play but there is a physical element of you know you're competing against 20 something year old guys even we have older guys that are going against these younger guys but the mental aspect is is really important when it comes to that fine edge of like finals not finals winning not winning and it's it's when guys start to compound because they're younger they add on to the points okay this is the finals so this happens they 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 add on too many compound elements in the mentality of like mm-hmm. if i make this move I could lose the whole thing. Like you start compounding what like simple things are. When in the beginning of the tournament, you do very simple motions and make moves and, and take chances. Mm-hmm. When you're younger and you don't know, you start to like add these different things. The crowd swells and gets bigger. Like you start to add all these extra all the elements onto, on your, onto your mental. Yeah. Well, it almost goes back to maybe that you know that's I think that's one of the reasons the park is doing well for the Ironman this year is that you know interview when that interview is going to be up pretty soon, probably by the time you guys hear this, but. It was just interesting to sit there across from Park and listen to him be just straight face like, yeah, man, when that point starts, I let all that stuff go, and mm-hmm. I am directly focused on my job, what I need to do. All that periphery stuff means nothing to me, you know, and I think that that's exactly what you were saying, you know, is that, and maybe why Spicka was not playing up to his potential past couple seasons right. uh, is that he's now starting to be more and it's kind of that and we've spoken about this before it's kind of an ongoing theme in paintball but it's that whole kind of zen thing you know that live in the moment be there with what's happening in front of you reacting or acting upon the situation and not letting all of this irrelevant bullshit filter in and affect you what you need to be doing in that moment right which and is i think why paintball is so captivating because it forces you into that moment. well I, t- I tell the guys all the time the scoreboard's for the coach that's for me to make decisions on what we need to do it's not for a player to look up and think, "Oh, we're up, so I'll do this." Oh, we're down, we have no chance. Like those are all those are all mental compounds that you're adding to what's right in front of you, and that's the point that you're breaking out against five guys. Mm-hmm. And you need, you know, most times you need to win that point. Yeah, what like what happens to... after the break? Like, okay, we can grind this time off and win the match. That's after the break, but you can't. As a player, you can't add all those elements. That's for the coach to make decisions. That's a good point. It's almost kind of like you need to filter the inconsequential variables. You know, it's like, and that is that almost is kind of what experience is in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, a guy's been there enough times that he knows, hey, that's irrelevant because we've I've been in this where I've like came back from being up, or I've been up and 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 went back down. They've been in enough times to like know when they they look up, they're not adding too many things to it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've been in a lot of big games. You were one of those guys for Dynasty for a lot of times. Like you were, you made your career off being one of those guys that was, you know, able to perform in pressure situations, pull off big games, you know, be in the moment. I think that has to do with the individual a lot too, because I'm not a very emotional person, and I I don't care about that stuff. (laughs) Like, and uh, so, like for me, it was like. I never even thought about the other stuff. I was like, well, if we win this game, we win the tournament. If we don't win the game, we don't win the tournament. There was not a whole lot of other things. I wasn't worried about other stuff. Like, I mean, and uh, 
when people do, I I don't even get it. Like, and sometimes there's like on damage, it's pretty interesting because there's nobody that like we don't have some chant or thing. It's just it's just like Nothing oh the first point. The no, it's like no like thing. It's just like first point. Okay, everyone walks out there. You know, there's no like. <laughs> But that's that's their personality. Well, they're also old hats at this, man. I mean, you know, it, not all of them, though. Like, I mean, Keith is yeah, twenty, true. like, and uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, but like the Chads and the you know the Jasons at this point, and the guys that have kind of yeah, been I there guess for... there's some been guys that have been around, but like, I mean, even those guys, like, I mean, Oliver's a great example. He he needs that. I mean, he he's a ray lewis kind of guy like he needs emotion and like energy to to play his best yeah uh i'm the opposite of that and there's a lot of guys that are the opposite but there's also i mean and oliver's not you know 20 anymore like i mean it it shows that it helps some people and it doesn't do a thing for other people yeah i mean yeah i mean i remember when i was playing like because davy was he, he would pretend like he was unemotional because he'd be all solitary and doing his thing, but then he'd come in the huddle and MF motherfuck everybody and just go crazy. And like, but then when you'd, you know, people, we'd be slapping each other, getting ready to go, and then, you know, you'd hit him in the stomach. He'd be like, don't hit me. You know, like, dude, just knock the wind out of me. Don't hit me before games. Come on, man. I, I'm doing my own thing over here. But everyone's different. You know, yeah. everyone definitely has to get into that moment in their own way. And I think that's kind of interesting, though, as from a coaching perspective. Because you got to deal with all these personalities and figure out, okay, well, you know, like you can go to like, you know, it, it's like I love Carl Markowski, you know, because remember, you remember Hot Carl, mm-hmm. who actually played with Chicago Aftershock at yeah. the event. I don't know if you guys knew. Yeah, that. I saw I saw him walk in the field and said hi to him. Fastest man I ever seen play the game, but not super mentally tough when he was young, you know. So when he was mm-hmm. 21, 22, you know, he was incredibly talented but you kind of had to coddle him a little bit you know where you could go up to Nikki and be like you suck you're terrible right now I need you to pick it up that was that I can't believe that that's what you're gonna that's the game you're gonna bring to this game right now like get your shit together whereas you know that will that's gonna get Nikki up whereas you say that to somebody else that will destroy him you know so it's like you I mean how do you guys handle that as a coach it's it's just knowing your players and what you can and can't do and what you can and can say and the little things you can say to challenge a guy. Yeah. Like where Ryan in, in Dallas was playing almost like a ton of points because they were running nine guys because Short was hurt. Mm-hmm. And he was running like back-to-backs all the time. And I remember like one time he was like pumping air and sweats like dripping off his face and he just looked rugged like his harness was out of place and he, I'm like trying to turn him. I'm like, dude. Can you? Can, are you gonna make it out there? Can you go? I don't think you can. I'm fine. I'll be out there. I'll do it. Yeah. No, but that's the little things you can get away with saying to certain guys. Mm-hmm. Whereas one guy would probably, oh, he doesn't think I can make it. <laughs> you know, but like you can get away with challenging guys in a fun way sometimes. And yeah, you know, you, it's, it's just knowing your guys and what you can say to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think Rusty's right. You have to learn your guys, and that takes some time. Like for me, especially, like I've had to learn all these new guys. Like and but eight second place twice in a row right out the gate is pretty good for you. Though. Yeah, but I mean, like if I had another year, I mean, it would it would it certainly wouldn't hurt me. Like I mean, so uh, but it's also good when you know when you can trust your guys. Like some guys will play three points and they'll be like, I'm not going to be at 100 percent the fourth point. I'll sit this one, and they'll tell you that. And that, like, 
that's something too like it goes both ways i mean sometimes it's not always the most valuable to play every freaking point like yeah. i mean like if you can't ever give your coach input like if you're just coming into the pits just jamming pods in like and then walking out there again you, you mean you are you're missing information like i yeah. mean and that's what like i try to told tell my guys the most important part for them like is to give me information like like keith is a great example because keith is like for he's a snake guy so it's really important that i know like if he gets shot off the break i don't care like i mean whatever like tell me where i just and, need him for any info and, and 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 if you think you it was just lucky or you can make it again and and, and that's something that takes a minute to develop because every guy wants to pretend like they could play every point and they're going to make the snake 50 snake every game and shoot everybody. <laughs> yeah. But like once they learn that you're just, you just need information and then you, you adjust to that. Like, mm -hmm. I think, I think it really helps. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a good point because sometimes it could be, you know, say you have one of your, a couple of your best guys, but you never get to spend any time with them. Sometimes I like when Ryan's off the field and, and we talk about things that's happening out there. Which isn't very often. And he's in the jungle, so he has good ideas of what's happening, and I can help make adjustments. You know, we could talk about the other squad that's playing. He says, hey, you need to do, tell this guy to do this. This is what I'm doing that's working. And then when that line comes off, I say, hey, this is what Ryan's doing. You need to try this. Yeah. Do so you having that ha having that opportunity is is pretty helpful. Who are like who do you think is the most intense personality wise on damage? Like well, what do you mean by intense? Well, I, I don't know. What, whatever you think that is. I'm just wondering, like, who is the most excitable guy? Like, is there a guy that's, like, the yeller in the pit? You know, every team has the yeller in the pit, and everyone's got the quiet dude that doesn't say anything. And, you know, like, everyone, every, there's, every team is these, there's these archetypes that aren't always necessarily there, but they're there a lot. This, this damage is a really weird team. <laughs> like, all, it's not like any other, because I've played on a couple teams and coached a couple teams. Damage is weird. Like, I mean, there are such unique personalities from top to bottom. Like, from the Rumseys, all like who was who I'd say is, like, I I don't even know how to describe it. But there's from that end all the way to the other end, which would probably be like a Brian or Timmy. Like, th th it's just strange. <laughs> like, and uh, but not, they all have their own. They all fit in their own way, and they all fit in together but it's 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 different there's it's not like a normal there's not like a guy like an oliver guy or uh i, I can't think of any or like a nikki guy like yeah. that's all like you know that kind of there's none of that there's no there's no like super hype nikki cuba there's no guy. old veteran guy that's more important than the other ones there's no like you know like it's and and they're so versatile too like i mean i would have to say that my team's probably the fastest team in paintball. Like, I mean, from top to bottom, like, our team is fast. Yeah, our like, team is pretty fast. So, uh... Even your, like, quote-unquote slow Our slowest guys, guys well, I mean, even them, like, even, I, I don't even know who it is, but it might, it might be Rainey, but... Yeah, he's, but Rainey's not He's slow. even gone to the snake on the yeah, break. So it's yeah, like, so. so it's like, uh, you know, it's strange, because it's so odd, and uh, they all have their own... It's not like what you were talking about, like how there's like the young guy and the old guy and the it's guy a that's different, the hype guy. It's a, it's a, a totally different, different architecture. Maybe that's it. part of their magic, man. I mean, they're one Maybe. of the most successful teams of the past five years. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's they've won championships and won three events in a row before, and I mean, they've done a lot of 
pretty amazing feats for a team, but that, you know, every team's different. It kind of mixed together. Um, was it kind of like a... Well, who, who on your teams helps out the most as far as, you know, organization and, like, coming up with game plans? And who's the most proactive on that side of things? Um, well, we... We're lucky in the fact that we have a whole staff, a full-time staff, like I guess you could call it. Like, we have, like, the same four people that go to every event, and they all have their jobs. They do their jobs. Uh, like, Joey is extremely helpful in all of the management, uh, taking care of kind of stuff that people forget how important it is. Like, oh, uh, that guy didn't get a flight to go here. You'd be surprised how many times that happens. Or, oh, we forgot him at the airport. Like, yeah. I mean, like... Or we should have got five so, rooms, but we ended up getting four rooms. Yeah, so just little exactly. Stuff. Like, like little, little things like that, I don't have to worry about at all. I mean, I don't think Rusty does either, but a lot of other teams, like when I was on the Ironman and coaching, I was like, oh my gosh, like I had to worry about everything. <laughs> like, and... Uh, and that, that, that takes away from you, uh, you know, worrying about your job. Like, but I, I'm fortunate that I have Joey that helps do all that kind of stuff. And Dylan and Pops do everything in the pits. I don't have to do a thing other than carrying my backpack to the pits. That's <laughs> it. Like, and I worry about the, the plays and, the, you know, the players, and that's it. Like, I don't worry about but it. But what about, else. like, you know how you guys are walking the field and some guys are more vocal than others as far as, like, oh, I see this lane, and, like, what do you, what do you think about this player? I mean, is there anyone that kind of stands out on the team? Is, or is it kind of a super group effort? or? Because, um, like, I know in Dynasty, like, obviously Ryan and Alex are very vocal as far as game plans are concerned. I would. They, I would been say doing this forever. I, I would say Yosha's too, though. Oh, like, of I course. Mean, like, but the core guys, you know, like the Oliver Yoshin, you know, I mean, that those are the I guys. Have a, I have an interesting mix when it comes to like ideas and and what to do. Is like Oliver's really on like the far right creative. Yeah. Like somehow just believes there's a move somewhere that's yeah. not. Yeah, it's like poli- it's like politics. It really is. And Ryan's like, on the other end. Yeah. He goes, no way. <laughs> and then in practice, I'll go, yeah, Oliver, go for it. And then, like, he'll get destroyed, or he'll be like, you know, I, I could do it if I do this. And sometimes he does figure out, and Ryan's like, why do you let him do some of that stuff? And I go, because if I say no, and I don't let him do those things, he'll always believe in his head that that was there. And then he'll try it at the tournament. Right, and then he might try it at the tournament. <laughs> Pull an audible. Yeah. Like, but I let yeah, him explore. We're up, shit, I don't care. We're up three points. I'm pulling that audible. Yeah, like, like for example, Chad on, our, uh, on damage, he, I, I honestly believe he just likes running. Like, there's times it looks he like just, he likes to run. He just likes. Just he's like, like yeah. I, I like, and now I have a system with him that I tell him before the game of what number I want him to play at. Like a ten is like a, a twenty set, like a twenty just second point. The reins. Just go, yeah, just like, go. Just start running, like, yeah. and do whatever you want. Sharpen just start the spurs running. up and do it. And you know, and then like uh, a three is like, oh, we got a major, let's burn that off, like kind of thing. So yeah. he has a number system now. So <laughs> because like sometimes like it's hard to he'll be like, well, what do you, how do you want me to play? Like in the beginning of the year, I didn't know him as well, and I didn't understand like like how he worked exactly all the way. And now, now we we kind of have that understanding. So Oliver's kind of the same. He wants to drop the hammer every time. Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, let me go up to the X. Let me like run up to their thing. Let me do this." I'm like, "All right, win me a couple points, and then I'll let you do whatever you want." <laughs> you know, we kind of have to like you know rein them back. You can't. But he wants to go out and just like be Smash. fierce every time. Yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, that's in his heart, man. He's always been like that. He's always been that like. 
when he puts the you know when he goes out there to play paintball he lets the demon out man you know then that's that's part of his that's in his spirit dude that's just how he plays the game it's one of the reasons he is the player he is whereas a guy like ryan never really makes mistakes like up until the last event and i watched every point that ryan played this year maybe one or two mistakes all year long as far as stuff that he could have done differently he did finally look mortal out there a couple points at, at that event how did you handle that at all? Is that something you just kind of let him let him do it? I mean, when it's a guy like Ryan, I guess you kind of just let him do his thing, you know? But He gets in like a – he's just good. Yeah, he's really like good. I played with a lot of guys, and I played with him last year. And, and coaching him, he's just – he's money in the bank. He's just one of those guys. He has a high consistency level, and he has, he has a high intensity level of, of competing. Like He gets mad at other guys when they mess up simple stuff. Doesn't get mad if a guy like you know makes a mistake in a certain way, but if guys like do really dumb stuff where they could have been in the point and they just blow it, that's when he kind of gets mad and he drives guys to be a little more competitive and he just plays at a certain level. Yeah, and it's it's consistent. And then but he's a finesse player. He is a finesse player. For other guys, like I'd say him and Oliver can both play everywhere, but Oliver is more brutal and Ryan's more of a finesse player. Yeah. Though every time Ryan gets the chance to be the one, he, I mean, I saw it last year, seen it this year, he dominates up there. You know, like, mm -hmm. he, Ryan could, if if things were way different and we lit, like, somewhere in another universe, Ryan is the first attacker for a really good paintball team on the snake side of the field, just dominating people. Yeah. I that, mean, him, that's somewhere in the, in the multiverse that's happening. He has that ability, and in practice sometimes, you know, we play everyone everywhere in practice, and, and he dominates in those spots, and he goes up there with authority, but he's so good at shooting on the break. He's so good at closing games and positioning and, and being in the right places to finish. Well, that, and that's the difference is, like, people are like, you could play Oliver in the one on the Dorito side. You could do this and do that. But it's like, yeah, I could do that. But Blake Yarber is not ready developmentally to play back behind him or play in the back center or shoot on the break. Spick is not coming to the back middle. So it's not that these guys can't go to the front because, you know, they can. It's because the other guys can't swap positions yet. And it's, yeah, it's a team sport. You got to have guys that can do certain roles, and and when you got when you have a guy like Ryan to play that that insert mid two role, that second guy to go, well, dude, I mean, you really can't find many other guys that are good, that good at playing that role because that's a complicated role to play, you know. And every team is a little bit more. Some have more fluid styles on who goes where on on what side because. You know, like sometimes on the Ironman, for instance, you know, Goldman will be the one. He'll be the first attacker. And then sometimes Mike's running him out to the back corner, you know, so. And and you could kind of go down the list to all those different guys and be like, okay, they play best in this situation. Or, you know, they play pretty good here, but not as good as they play in this position. But mm -hmm. as a coach, you're, you're the one, you're the guys that have to make those calls, you know, on the fly a lot of the times too. Is that, do you guys pull, I mean, is it, is it super methodical as far as your play calling okay this happens and i call this play or is it a little bit more touch and go or because i mean a lot of probably probably a lot of guys out there that either play on teams or kind of are wondering about that you know i mean how how does I, I, that work i think i think there's like exactly what he said there are a billion variables like i mean so and even layouts a huge variation of what you'll play call layouts layout. like how guys did in practice uh where they played best in practice which guys are playing well like i mean Especially who you're playing against together. that yeah. you wa just watched like i mean there's a million variables well, so good example is uh at mao like i carried around the notebook i don't even remember opening it we had one game plan 
that was it. And it was all based on there was only usually one back guy that was shooting. We just try to figure out which way he was shooting. And that would position, if he's shooting at the Dorito side, then you go to the corner. If he's shooting at the snake side, the Dorito guys can go further. The game plan was flexible. It was an audible within 10 seconds of like calling where that guy was shooting. Mm-hmm. That was the game plan. We had no other. That was it. And an overall game plan was like we obviously sat on teams and didn't make any mistakes. Yeah. But like Dallas, we would lay out, here's what we're going to do. MAO, it totally changed. It was based on the field layout. Yeah. And then we had a couple plays in in the last event, but it all varies on what the field's going to present and how many. Some fields are creative. You can have, like, six nice plans. Some fields, you know, two plans is all you can get out of it, really. What about this last one? The last one had a couple decent variations because you could go up the middle. So it offered, like, you could go up the middle on the snake side, on the Dorito side. You could push into the Dorito side. A little limited on the Dorito side because you couldn't squeeze a lot of bodies that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, and also the snake was pretty dominant. The snake so was dominant, so you nest, wanted to put more bodies collected over there. Right, it at least sent two guys over there, no right. matter what. But it, but it, it, it gave way to a couple different game plans, and then you got to, you know, then those all change. You could play call against this team, and then I go play Kevin's team, and those aren't necessarily going to work, and the play order is not going to work. Now I got to look and, and I got to. It's so hard. Now I got okay. I'm gonna play this way against damage, but now he's figuring out how we're gonna play, and then I, I there's think, so many. Elements. I think the only time that really happens is your first match, like before you've ever played. Like you right. can lay out like a couple plays in a row, and then and then go from there. But like after that, like you play, you watch, you just watch the team. So if you don't change anything, either your guys are on fire, yeah, <laughs> or or you're just not smart. Like I mean, yeah. so. But I'm going to pick a play order, and then I'll move that, though. So it was like we get to play three, and it was go to the snake on the break, but based on what's happening or something, I could just pull that back and move it. So. Is that something that is it completely contingent on what is happening out there, or do you sometimes get a feeling? Is it kind of like, all right, well, I'm playing craps and hasn't hit eight in a while, and I've been watching this game develop for the past two hours, and I really feel eight right now, so I'm a I'm a double down on that. I you know I, I do that, but I ask the guys. Yeah, sometimes the guys. I'll be like, do you want to go to the corner or the Dorito one? And then the guy will be like, he'll say that, and I I swear to God, like they instill some little confidence in them that they can make it, like so That's because interesting. and it's weird, like some guys will have trouble making one spot and and other guys won't, and it's like. What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing changed. That other one's like, farther. I don't understand. Yeah, like, and you're slower or you're yeah. faster. Like, why are you? Like, I don't understand. Like, but it's yeah, like it's, it's funny. Like that. Sometimes Alex will be like, "Snake of the break." I'm like, "No." Snake <laughs> of the break. No. Snake yeah. of the break. All right. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Rainy will say that to me every once in a while. He'll be like, "Yeah, I'm going," and I'm like. Okay, <laughs> and if he says he wants to go, that means we can make it. Like, because yeah. he he is a gambler, and uh, he, yes, he and uh, he knows. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I kind of want to get into uh, a little bit more on your teams. I want to get what your thoughts are on some of the other teams in the league, and we got two more events this year, and it's pretty, I wouldn't say hotly contested, but at any given point, I really feel that there's pretty much almost about eight teams that could win an event. So I want to get your thoughts on all that. So thank you guys for listening. This is part one of the Real Deal podcast. I'm sorry, uh, of the break <laughs> of uh, of our podcast here. And I got Skinny Kevin from Tampa Bay Damage and Rusty Glaze. 
and we will be back. Remember to go to PSPEvents.com and sign up for the West Coast Open. It's probably going to sell out, so make sure you get in there early. And uh, it's going to be August 8, 16th through the 18th at the A.V. Brown Sports Complex in Riverside. So if you're in the L.A. area, definitely want to get out there and check it out. So we will uh, be back shortly.